you're familiar, I'm sure, with the term Mary Sue. Yes. For those who aren't, Mary Sue is a type is a type of character. Yeah. And that character is flawless. Right. It's usually a female. Hold on a second. Right. <laughs> Dag's getting after somebody. I'm trying to work here, dog. Fear not, dear listener. The path to enlightenment is before you. Leave the darkness behind. Open your eyes. Grab your spears. And brush your teeth. For you will be led to the battlefield. Armed with sharp minds. And fresh breath. Stand by. Welcome to the show where we actually have fun disagreeing with each other. One small part of a larger movement for freedom pressured into silence by a culture that seeks nothing less than total obedience. Your hosts, Scott and Max, are here to help you to find the courage and resources to become uncancelable. This is Cancelled Out. Hey, everybody. So, bet you didn't expect to hear my voice first thing on this week's Boneheads. (laughs) But uh, the reason I'm doing that is just to introduce us a little bit, give a little context as to why uh, you may notice some differences in some of these segments. Um, And the recording quality, obviously, is not as high. Uh, because Max and I did not do this together live. We did it over Zoom uh, and uh, apart through the week on a different schedule. We're just trying some things and trying to uh, see how we can better accommodate our own schedules and uh, still get the show out, still give a unique perspective and still have our conversations. Uh, we enjoy them. I hope you all do. And I think you all do by the feedback we've gotten. Um, but you know, there are some differences in this week's bonehead because again, we weren't in the same room together. So that's why the audio clarity is different and all of that. Uh, just so you know, but, uh, or at the same time, the conversations are still uh, as good as they are. Hopefully we didn't talk over each other too much. Uh, it, it's something to get used to with the Zoom <laughs> uh, conference, you know, and the difference in, in uh, transmission times and stuff like that. So a whole bunch of nerdy stuff, and I'll get out of the way now and turn it on over to Max. Bonehead of the week. Yeah, yeah. So- as I've said before, I have this loose rule. Uh, I try to focus on uh, boneheads who aren't often boneheads. Uh, so uh, <laughs> AOC, <laughs> Joe Biden, these are very clear boneheads. They demonstrate that they're boneheads on a regular basis. So I try to avoid those, but it's a rule I like to break. Uh, because, I mean, it's it, it, it triggers good conversation. Yeah. Now, honestly... Uh, the bonehead of the week I've chosen is uh, there's two of them, Scarlett Johansson and Victoria's Secret. Ooh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I've chosen Scarlett Johansson because honestly, you know, I've 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 seen her do some do and say some boneheaded things, but yeah. she's also 
to her credit, at least as far as I can tell, has tried to stay out of the political arena. Yeah. At least compared to the likes of Brie Larson. Oh gosh. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So like, for example, Brie Larson would be such an obvious bonehead that it's almost not worth featuring her. You right, know what I mean? right. But Scarlett Johansson has, uh, I mean, I, I, I don't have any examples, but I think I've even seen her uh, push back at least to some degree on political correctness, not, yes. not maybe explicitly, but I, 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 I want to say I've seen her do that, but I've also seen her uh, cave to it. Yeah. Well, she has uh, to, you, I mean, considering her position. Well, yeah, anybody in Hollywood does, which again, is like, why are you there? <laughs> right. <laughs> so, and, and we've, had, we've, we've said that before. Why are you in Hollywood if you're going to uh, basically sacrifice all of your principles and all of your values yep. for, for what? For what, what, is, what is worth that? Fame and, and power. I mean, the, 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 the money and the fame would not be worth it to me if it's worth it to you. Okay. Right. I, I, I mean, I don't understand like how you could even say that you have values at that point. But right. Anyway, so the reason I brought her up is because, uh, oh, and actually, uh, the other thing I, that I'm, I'm remembering is a while back, it's been a couple of years, I think, they wanted her to, they were looking at her to play a chan- transgender role. Yes. You remember that? Yes. And she, I think she was originally going to do it, but then she got some backlash and she said, okay, I'm not going to do it, which exactly. Yeah. Again, to me, it's like, I mean, if you could pull off being a male to female transgender, when you are a biological female, like that's pretty damn good acting. If you ask me, <laughs> right. <laughs> so, <laughs> I don't know. I'm not entirely sure what the problem is here. I mean, it's acting. Well, yeah, um, that's the thing. You're pretending in the first, like these people get paid to pretend to be other people anyway. So what is the problem with this? <laughs> yeah. Um, I'm reminded of a joke. Oh man, I'm going to get this wrong. I forget his name. Uh, he played in, he's, he's like a B list guy. He's done a lot of like Adam, Adam Sandler, uh, movie uh type of roles uh-huh. uh, he was in grandma's boy. He was in, uh, Reno 911 is that, uh, that gay uh, uh, oh, prostitute, you know, yes. who talk, uh, Nick Swartzen, is Nick that Swartzen. Yes. And he did this stand up a while back that I thought was absolutely hilarious. Somebody come up to him and he's like, he's like, uh, dude, you're fucking gay. Yeah. He's like, why? He's like, because you play that gay dude on Reno 911. He's like, dude, I'm an actor. I'm acting. Right. <laughs> he's like, Toby Maguire, not really Spider-Man. <laughs> right? <laughs> That's the joke I remember. And it's the I'll one I always off. think of when I see people get bent out of shape about actors who want to do a role that supposedly should be reserved for that type of person. Right. It's like, that's not acting then. You're not exactly. playing a part. You are the part. Right. <laughs> Why don't you just do a documentary? It, it, well, right. Exactly. <laughs> so anyway, that's what, uh, that's what I, that's the last controversial thing i remember about scarlett johansson uh as controversial as that is right yeah but she she recently had some uh comments to say about her breakout role as not breakout role for her but her uh, her character's breakout role in iron man 2 as black widow right and uh that was where her character got introduced was iron man 2 starred by uh oh uh sorry what was his name uh, we all know it. We Robert know Downey it. Jr. Robert Downey Jr. Thank you very much. Yep. And she had some things to say about that role. And I'm just going to go ahead and read straight from Movie Web. This is what she had to say. 
Yep. You look back at Iron Man 2, and while it was really fun and had a lot of great moments in it, the character is so sexualized, you know? Really talked about like she's a piece of something, like a possession or a thing or whatever, like a piece of ass, really. And Tony even refers to her as something like that at one point. What does he say? I want some. Yeah, and at one point calls her a piece of meat. Now, this was her her criticism. I don't know that it was very harsh criticism necessarily, but it to me was like you're kind of missing the mark here. Yeah. You know, it wasn't um, I, I can't tell for sure that she was saying that she wished that that had never happened or if she was just stating the commentary of what it was saying. So let's yeah. let's go further into a uh, quote here. Maybe at that time, that actually felt like a compliment. You know what I mean? Because my thinking was different. Maybe I even would have, you know, my own self-worth was probably measured against that type of comment or like a young, uh, like a lot of young women, you come into your own and you understand your own self-worth. It's changing now. Now people, young girls are getting a much more positive message, but it's been incredible to be a part of that shift and be able to come out the other side and be a part of that old story. Uh, but also progress, evolve. I think it's pretty cool. Um, so that's a lot of word salad right there. And again, I, I, I don't have a whole lot of criticism necessarily for what she's saying because it's hard to tell without, I think there might be some context missing here. Yeah. It's hard to tell if she's criticizing how that movie portrayed her and uh, the attitude towards women and sexuality or if she was just commenting on it being an aspect of that movie. So let's put it into some context here. I don't know. uh, I don't know if you've seen Iron Man two, you've seen it, right? Yeah. So the, the scene she's referring to is when uh, Robert Downey Jr.'s character, uh, uh, Iron Man, also known as Tony Stark. Yep. um, First gets introduced to Scarlett Johansson's character uh, at the time is he, he doesn't realize is a, uh, is an agent of any kind. He thinks just some secretary that is being hired onto his company, right? Uh, which is weird because she immediately demonstrates that she knows how to fight. So it's like, <laughs> hmm, something suspicious there about a secretary who could just fight like that and right. takes down his, uh, his assistant's character in the, in the ring uh, when he's t- trying to quote unquote, teach her how to box. Yeah. Anyway, at one point in that scene, he looks over at his other assistant, Pepper Potts, and says, I want one. And she says, no. That was the joke. Right. Now, the thing about Tony Stark, and this, this, this is going to get a little bit into the, uh, uh, how characters are portrayed yeah. in, in movies and in fiction. So Tony's character, we all understand he is portrayed as a playboy. That's his role. That's what he is. Exactly. For all his flaws um, and all his uh, uh, characteristics that make him, you know, uh, a character you like, but also a character that you can criticize. Right. And him being a playboy, that's supposed to be kind of his flaw. And it always has been. And if you took that away, he wouldn't be that character anymore. Exactly. I mean, if you, with, 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 with Tony Stark, if imagine if Tony Stark was simply 
uh, a character that is completely perfect and has no flaws, mm-hmm. then you wouldn't, he wouldn't be as intriguing. Right. And in fact, you see his character change over the years, uh, over the course of, excuse me, however many movies he was in. Right. So, of course, Iron Man 1, Iron Man 2, he starts off as, again, this very, I don't even want to, I wouldn't even call him misogynistic, but definitely a playboy character with some flaws. Um, but yeah. he starts to grow and he learn. and even in the very first movie, he goes from being somebody who wants to sell weapons to pretty much anybody. Right. To somebody who wants to keep those weapons out of the wrong hands yep. and decides to defend people against the weapons he created. So he, <laughs> right. he that's the beautiful thing about any character is that they change within a movie and across multiple stories. Yeah. Uh, by the by, the last movie, Endgame, he became a loving husband and father. He was still very snarky and very still very sarcastic, exactly. but that playboy aspect of him very much changed and went away. Right. And I and I like that. Right. Honestly, and, absolutely. And, and I and not because I have a problem with a playboy character and a playboy character being portrayed, but because I love to see the evolution of a character. And if he wasn't the playboy, he was in Iron Man one and two, you wouldn't have gotten that. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. I mean, and two, let's, let's put this in, in even larger context. Where do these, where, where does Marvel come from? It comes from comic books, right? Look at the artwork in comic books. Yes. Is geared towards one sex and one sex only, and that's right. Just the, the truth. I, it's nothing against women, but these until you know the modern era of quote unquote comic books, these things were marketed towards guys, and so yeah. that's why you have the artwork that looks like it does. That's why you have the male characters who act the way they do and say the things. Every one of them has say. big boobs. Right. Every single one of the chicks has big boobs and, and low skin, cut cleavage. Yep. And skin tight, yeah. everything. And yeah. it's like, there's a reason for that because it's a marketing mm-hmm. ploy and yep. it just is what it is, you know, right. call it whatever you want, but that's what it is. And, you know, you can criticize that. And I understand Absolutely. the criticism, you know what I mean? Where yes. it's like, uh, you know, it's unrealistic portrayals of women and all that. And sure. Okay, I guess uh, I don't necessarily have a problem with that any more than I have a problem with the unrealistic portrayal of men in romantic comedies. Yes, exactly. <laughs> I mean, let's let's just come. Let's just yes. make sure that we're on the same page here and Absolutely. we're playing on, this, on the same level field. Right. Uh, if you have a problem with the sexualization of women in entertainment then you ought to have a problem of the unre- with the unrealistic expectations established on men in romantic comedies. There's, we're simply not like that. <laughs> right. We're not. I'm not like that. I don't know any guy that is like that. And if they are, if they try to be like that, I often see them get nothing but rejection from women. I was going to say, they if get you try to be, <laughs> yeah, if you try to be that sappy, romantic, uh, 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 guy that you see in some of these sappy rom-coms, then you, a lot of women see them as very creepy. Exactly. And maybe not even honest or, or lacking integrity because it's like, who's like that? Nobody's like that. <laughs> right. You have to, you have to act that way. You have to pretend to be that way. Right. If it wasn't for women, you wouldn't be that way. Right. Well, yeah. Which and is too- good. 
No, no, no. I, I was going to say, and two, you know, even if a woman starts out liking a guy like this, or or in some cases, um, they get married and a guy turns into or takes on some of the characteristics of guys like this mm-hmm. throughout the marriage. Women typically get bored with them because oh yeah, the male you you become no longer a man in her eyes you because you yep. become effeminate because right. most of the guy characters in rom coms are very effeminate compared to actual men and yeah, compared very I mean, much cater to women as opposed ex- to challenging exactly exactly just yes. the way comic books cater towards males rom coms and, and dramas and stuff like that cater towards women it this is just the audience that they're going after there's a there's an interesting sociological uh um i don't know what you call it theory or uh uh or aspect of male and female interaction Mm -hmm. where where women will shit test a man yes absolutely. are you familiar with this oh yeah i'm very familiar with red pill yeah i'm sure you've been (laughs) well but you've been shit tested before right yes absolutely okay i know i have um so i'll give an example just uh, of of the of what a shit test looks like. And I'll explain what it actually means in a larger context. So, uh, I was dating, a, uh, uh, a, a gal years ago mm-hmm. and we were sitting around watching a movie and, uh, I don't even remember what we were watching, but, uh, the commercials came on. This is back when commercials were a thing, <laughs> <laughs> right? When I actually had cable, uh, right. and the commercials came on. And, uh, so the commercials came on and actually at the time, uh, true grit, was uh coming the new true grit with yeah. uh what's his name uh mm. the dude from the big lebowski yeah yeah the dude <laughs> anyway you know who i'm talking about so yeah the true grit the jeff new, daniel the, or not, not jeff no, no. daniels jeff, jeff bridges jeff jeff bridges thank you yeah so that movie was coming out and there was a trailer for it that showed up in the in the commercials while we were watching tv yeah and i wasn't paying any attention until the end when it said true grit as the title of the movie i was like oh wait a minute what i just missed i was right. on my computer or something right yeah so the next commercial was a Tide commercial or something like that. So I pulled up on YouTube the trailer for True Grit so I could watch it again and see what I was what the, what the deal was, see what I had just missed. Yeah. And as I was watching my girlfriend at the time, she looked over at me and she goes, "Are you serious?" I was like, "What?" And she's like, "I'm watching TV. Why are you pulling up YouTube?" I was like, "It's a Tide commercial." <laughs> right. I mean, it was a totally un like she was being completely unreasonable. I'm not bringing yeah. this up to complain. I'm just pointing out that that it's something that women tend to do. And I pushed back and I said, "I'm sorry." I was like, "It's a it's a commercial, right? Like, what are you missing here? I'm sorry. Is the plot thickening here in the Tide commercial?" You know what I mean? <laughs> right. um, and so I just said, "Fine." And I shut my laptop. I said, "Let's watch the Tide commercial." And I sat and she's like, no, go ahead. I'm like, no, no. If you're going to bring this up, you're going to be a pain in the ass about it. We're going to watch your, we're going to make sure we don't miss a single second of your Tide commercial. (laughs) And she wanted to talk through and I'm like, you're missing your Tide commercial. Right. You know what I mean? She wanted to to have the argument. I'm like, no, we can't miss this. This is important. You know what I mean? So, um, and that is, it was, and I I only bring that up because uh, it was totally unreasonable. She recognized later that she was being unreasonable. She apologized for it. It just is what it is. Right. But she was actually doing it for a reason. The same reason that any woman will. Yep. They want to make sure you're not a pushover. Exactly. It's a, it's a, it's, it's frankly, it's a biological thing. Yeah. You know what I mean? And that is not the kind of thing you often see 
in um in rom-coms oh no absolutely not you know i mean to some degree you do but mostly you don't like i mean at least in in the classic rom-com as we think of it so right you're not going to get the you're you're women want somebody who is going to challenge them because they want to make sure that it is somebody that is going, that he is someone who's going to challenge others when it's time and when it's needed and when it's not unreasonable. Right. So, well, and and that is the chip um, test and why it exists. Go ahead. Yeah. And, and two, I mean, this goes all the way back to faith and everything else with, you know, Christianity and, and Judaism and even, and more drastically in Islam. Um, mm-hmm. But the man is given the command to lead. And so, yes. and we've seen this not only in faith, but in reality, in every segment of society up until the recent history where right. men have been in charge and have been the leaders in literally everything at certain points in history and still are vastly the majority today. So, yeah. so but these it, days, men are often expected to take on a lot of the same responsibilities as a leader, right. but to give up that position to women, exactly. which is, yeah, exactly. Yeah, which is kind of the challenge that we're facing right now. It's, it's right. It's, it's because uh, this is going into a lot more than just <laughs> entertainment. I love how this goes. I, but know, I want right? to talk about, I want to go ahead and bring this up because I think it's worth pointing out. Um, feminism these days uh, yeah. has, has has really poisoned the well. Absolutely. Um, And most of our listeners, I'm sure, would agree with that. But let's take a look at some of the ways that it's done it. There is the lie of the the 75 cents on the dollar that women get as opposed to men, right? Yes. Which is totally ignores all of the uh, differences between women, including the choices that they make. Right. It ignores reality. (laughs) <laughs> it ignores reality. It very much ignores reality. It's it's not that women are paid less. It's that no. women earn less. Yes. Right. And also ignores the fact that uh, women benefit from the paychecks of men. Absolutely. Right. Uh, either uh, within the household where uh, if women, if a woman decides she's going to be a stay at home mom and she's taking care of the cleaning and the, and, and all of that kind of stuff. Right. And by doing so, uh, benefits from the paycheck of men so that it puts a roof over her head and gives her food and clothes right. and all of that kind of stuff, you know, and oftentimes women end up being the one who decides what happens with all of that money that comes in, <laughs> even though it's the man that directly earns that money. Exactly. But it's, it's the agreement that the man and the woman make in that arrangement. And right. that's, a, that's a perfectly reasonable and, and, and valid arrangement. As far as I'm concerned, yeah. a lot of feminists will like to challenge that and say, of course. that. Uh, treat 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 that woman like she's putting herself in a position of being chattel and all of that other nonsense yeah. and whatever. Okay, it's a voluntary arrangement, and it's totally fine. Right. Unfortunately, uh, the man is often sent off to again to bring the resources for that woman to actually do something with. Yes. And then that man will go and do all kinds of different jobs. It's not just these suited you know, uh, jobs where, uh, they, they sit in an office all day and they negotiate deals. And it's, <laughs> right. that's not what happens. The reality is men go into the sewers. Yes. Men go into the wild and cut down trees and, yes. and, uh, hunt and, and fish and do all of the kind of, and, and farm and all kinds of physical labor. And that's just not to say that there, that women do no physical labor, but comparatively, right. 
there's well, and, and there's those, no comparison. Yeah, those those jobs are typically ninety percent and above male dominated still mm-hmm. to this day. And you don't yep. hear the feminists complaining about wanting to go into these industries, you know, construction right. and bricklaying and welding and and all of these things are heavily dominated by men. And you never right. hear those as the you know, the uh, job fields that, you know, we need to push women into this. It's all the STEM yeah. stuff and, and everything else, the, which, yeah. is, which is fine. But at the same time, if you want, I mean, straight line, pure equality you should be advocating for women to go into these fields too, but you don't. Right. right. And, and that's the thing is, is if you're not going to, if you're going to only fight to get into the vastly more rewarding careers and not the uh, less rewarding and more dangerous and hostile careers. Right. It's kind of hard for me to take your complaint seriously. Exactly. Exactly. So, uh, we've gone off uh, a little bit off the rails here, but I mean, it's it's kind of important because it's no, it, it yeah. sets up. It really does set up the stage and 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 set yes. the context for the criticism that is being applied to this movie. Yeah. Where, um, and, and going back to what 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 uh, Scarlett Johansson was saying is that uh, the movie was sexualizing uh, her character. Right. And here's the thing: women are sexual creatures. Absolutely. I mean, they just are right. Men are not attracted comparatively to high earning women. Right. Um, they are attracted to more fertile women. Right. And fertility shows up in physical characteristics. Yeah. Your bust size, your butt size, your hourglass shape, your, right. You know, your symmetrical features, uh, Fertility shows up in physical, visual, visually appealing characteristics. Yes. It's just the way that goes. Right. Men, however, uh, uh, are, it's not quite the same. No. Because, because men and women men, are different. Because men and women are different. Because women are looking for something out of... Now, it's kind of the same because uh, in, a, in its rawest form, you know, the man who's going to be the most appealing is going to be the strongest Sure. The strongest man is going to look appealing in the sense that he's going to have the biggest muscles. Right. And also there's a symmetry, you know, so there's uh, a fertility aspect as well, but it's again, not quite the same. Right. All right. But because humans uh, have the ability to go beyond the physical, they can gather resources with merely their brain power. Right. And that's why you have the, weenie looking dudes like uh uh bill gates or <laughs> uh jeff bezos or any or or uh, uh mark zuckerberg all these weenie looking dudes who could probably get any woman they wanted oh absolutely just about any woman they wanted yep uh regardless of how weenie looking they are right and i say that kind of tongue-in-cheek you know to be a jackass but you know, I mean, hell, I'm no prize. All right. I'm a skinny dude. All right. I'm not, I'm not pretending like I am a physical specimen of any kind. I'm just pointing out how a weenie dude, a weenie looking dude like Bill Gates could get anybody they want because their brain power has given them the ability to gather the resources yeah. that they need. And women are looking for somebody to provide resources. Right. Not all of them. I understand this is, this is a generalization of biology, well, but 
it, that's it's, what happens. Yeah, it's a it's not the entire thing that they're looking for, but it is a big part of it. It's a where, huge biological yes. uh, motivator. Yes, absolutely. Just like and that looks for men is you, a male has to be attracted physically attracted to a woman in right. order for him to even consider her as a potential mate. It, it, this is just how it is. Of course, looks are not everything to most guys. You at least have you have to be able to have a conversation. You have to be mm-hmm. able to, you know, <laughs> also be able to do certain other things and have those abilities. Yeah, you know, in order to be you can you know really considered as someone that the guy wants to be with, just the same. It's just a large part of the picture, is what we're saying. Yeah, and you know, keep in mind a lot of this is very much theoretical, and I'm not an expert in biology or sociology or any of that kind of stuff. But uh, a lot of stuff we just kind of know because we understand uh, human behavior and we understand human interaction. Right. And uh, you know, a man is typically uh, again, this is the typical generalization of what a man is looking for. They're not going to look for somebody to compete with as a partner. Right. And when women choose to go in and compete with men in the workplace, it's frankly a turnoff. I'm not saying it's bad. I'm not saying women shouldn't go into the workplace and, and or any of that. I'm just right. saying that it's, uh, uh, you don't want men and women competing with each other while also uh, trying to partner together to build a life. Right. That's a recipe for disaster. Right. Uh, That that doesn't mean that you can't, you know, a a man can't choose a woman who is going to be a homemaker while he goes and competes with other women to uh, gather resources for his home. You know, there's all kinds of dynamics that work. Yeah that are very different, very diverse. And I'm totally appreciative of that, right. but it's worth at least understanding the dynamic. Yeah, absolutely. And there is a dynamic here where when men and women compete, as opposed to work together, it creates very unique challenges. And it it's, it's very new for our species to have to deal with this arrangement because yeah. it hasn't always been like that. For the most part, we were hunters and we were gatherers, <laughs> right? Right. The men went out and hunted and the women gathered and took care of the home place. Right. And now only within the past, say, hundred years or so. Yeah. Out of the however many thousands of years that we have been doing this, are we changing that dynamic up? And it's, right. it's, it's, it doesn't mean that the change shouldn't happen. Maybe it should. Maybe it shouldn't. I'm not, you know, I, I wouldn't say I'm smart enough to know. <laughs> uh, but it's worth at least understanding that that's a very drastic change from what we're used to. And it's not going to be as we're not going to get it right this quickly. Right. Well, and I think the argument could be definitely be made that it has been detrimental to families. I mean, I, Mm -hmm. as you, as you see women get more involved in the workplace, you also see divorce rates starting to climb as well and things like that. Now that's not, those two things it's not causation per se but those two things do tend to trend together in opposite or in uh in the same direction yeah yeah so well and you see children having less access to uh to their parents or at least less access to uh somebody who can provide them guidance in their early years versus 
uh, and then somebody who can guide them, uh, provide them guidance in their later years. So right. uh, if you go back more than a hundred years or so, uh, if you, if we're just looking at like the elites, yeah, oftentimes you would have um, parents who are actually not even all that involved in their child's life. Right. Because if they were the elite, they could afford a wet nurse, they could afford somebody. And the reason, a lot of reasons why they did that is because back then uh, there was a higher uh, mortality rate with children. Right. Um, because they were weaker, frankly. I mean, when you have weaker, uh, when you, the weaker of the, of the species is going to be more vulnerable and they're going to be more vulnerable to disease and all kinds of things. So um, it would be, it wouldn't be uncommon for, uh, parents to not want to have an interaction with their children until they got to a certain, uh, the elites, right? The people that could afford this uh, mm-hmm. until they got to the point where um, they felt like that child was going to make it and be, you know, uh, become a productive member of the family. Right. And then they would engage and start passing on their values. Uh, and that changed uh, with uh, the elites in particular, but um, the other thing is, is that culture is passed on. And this is something that, um, that you'll, uh, I, I know I'm taking from Stefan Molyneux, but I know he's not <laughs> the originator of these ideas, but this is where I get, get some of this. And it's actually just worth considering. Uh, culture is very much passed on from the mother more than anything. Yeah. You know, uh, uh, how you interact with others um, in your early years learning and seeing how adults interact with each other. I mean, that very much comes from your mom. Right. Um, it's not until you get into the older stages of life that you start to adopt more of the values and principles from the father. So they both have their roles to play in different phases of life is all I'm saying. Absolutely. And neither one is better or worse than the other. They play their role. They're just they, as important. Right. They, yeah, they work together. Um, I, it's so funny. Like I was not anticipating going this direction when we started talking <laughs> about the sexualization of black widow, but <laughs> that's why I love these conversations, you know, because yeah. I mean? they can, they really could go anywhere, right? <laughs> you know, they really can, they can go anywhere. Um, so I'm going to try to come, <laughs> come back around. Um, we, we've set up, we, we've established a lot of context here of the dynamic between the roles of men and women throughout history and in current times and how all that's changed. Yep. But uh, again, women are, uh, are very sexual creatures compared to men as, yeah. as far as frankly, what they have to offer. Right. And it's because of fertility, not because of them being a piece of meat. Right. Okay. Yeah. I now, mean, look at Instagram. Thing, <laughs> yeah. The thing that I think is kind of boneheaded about r- really about what uh, Scarlett Johansson is saying about how her character was sexualized, which sounds negative. Right. Um, and if it's negative, fine. But then why did you contribute to it? Exactly. I mean, this is where you're, this is how you make your money. And it's not the only thing. Exactly. But if, if, if Scarlett Johansson was as good at what she does, but she was uh, fat. Right. She wouldn't have had the role. Exactly. Or even uh, just as fit and athletic, but visually unappealing. Otherwise, maybe right. she was flat chested or yep. uh, asymmetrical in her uh, facial structure yep. or, you know, any of that stuff. She would not have the job. Exactly. Somebody else would have gotten it. Exactly. Her sex appeal 
is part of what makes her character. Yep. But that's also what makes her character so compelling because it's not the only thing about her. Exactly. Um, compare that to, uh, say, Brie Larson's character, which yeah. I didn't watch uh, Mar- Captain Marvel. I don't know Ooh, if you've seen it. You should. Yeah, it's actually really good. Really? Uh, it, it's here's here's a hot take. It's okay. actually my favorite Marvel movie. What the hell? Yes. Uh, aside from Brie Larson being the terrible human being that she is outside of the film, it actually is my favorite Marvel movie. It was okay, very so well done. Okay, so here's the thing. Because um, the only thing I've seen her character in was Endgame. Yeah. And I hated her character in Endgame. Yeah. I thought she was just this stone-faced, boring yeah, uh, overly was. powerful character, and I couldn't stand it. It was the worst part of that movie was yeah. her character. Yeah, it, the, um, and Captain all Marvel the was other that things way. that I had that I had already, that I had seen about Captain Marvel made me think the same thing. And I also it also sounded very much like a feminist trope. It they kind of try they the movie itself wasn't that they definitely tried to push it with the marketing of the movie and with, you know, her comments, you know, promoting the movie, but the movie itself, I thought anyway, was one of, at least one of the best Marvel movies that they've made to this point. That's very surprising to hear. Yeah. Uh, I have, it's the only one of the first phase or not first phase. It's the only one of really, I guess any of the Marvel movies that I haven't seen. And it was because, yeah. Honestly, all right, this is going to sound bad, but I'm going to say it anyway. <laughs> um, uh, Brie Larson, um, just in general, this is just, I mean, it, besides her stupid politics and her right. just her being annoying offstage or anything like that, this, I know this is going to sound really bad, but I'm going to say it anyway. <laughs> um, she has a very punchable face. <laughs> and I don't want anybody to punch her. <laughs> right. This is just a feeling. It's a gut feeling. I'm not justifying the feeling, but it's the feeling I have. Whenever I see her face, I'm just like, ah. And right. I and it and I think I would feel that way regardless of anything she's ever said or done. Really? Yeah. And it's not an argument. You know what I mean? It's <laughs> there's no justification whatsoever for that feeling, other than it's just a feeling I have. And I I just don't like her face. I have never under I have heard so many people say that about certain other people and actresses and actors and stuff. I have never understood that <laughs> because I just don't I, I don't have these feelings. So it's kind of weird to me. Like not you, but just the yeah. entire thing. Like <laughs> but it's so funny that you say that. I, I I I again I no one should punch her. I am not expressing any desire for violence whatsoever. Right. It's just, I'm, it's the only way I can describe the feeling I have when I see her face. That's all I can say. So, so she just has a very punchable face. That's all I'm saying. Uh, but I don't want, I don't want to punch her. Right. I don't want anybody else to punch her and no one should punch her. I am not encouraging violence whatsoever. It is just the only way I can describe how I feel about her face. <laughs> it's the most accurate way I can describe it. Right. But anyway, that's neither here nor there. <laughs> oh man, I yeah, I I, I might have crossed the line there. <laughs> well, 
<laughs> it was anyway, bound to happen so, sooner or later. Yeah, yeah, yeah whatever. <laughs> All right. I, I, yeah, anyway. So, but here's here's what I'm getting at, at least as far as her character in Endgame. Yeah. Um, are, you're familiar, I'm sure, with the term Mary Sue. Yes. Okay. For those who aren't, Mary Sue is a type is a type of character. Yeah. And that character is um, flawless. Right. It's usually a female. Hold on a second. Right. <laughs> Dag's getting after somebody. Trying to trying to work here, dog. <laughs> um. So. Anyway, um, a Mary Sue is a type of character, usually female. I, yep. I think the male version is called a Gary Stu. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, or they've come up with others, but Mary Sue is really where it's at. Right. And actually has some origins in uh, fan fiction where yep. people would insert themselves into uh, a character and then the character would have no flaws whatsoever. Right. Uh, it would just be so perfect and... Uh, all powerful and win every fight. And it's like, there's no stakes and they don't grow and they don't learn. Um, so here's some great examples in, in, in entertainment. Uh, a perfect example. I think uh, Luke Skywalker in star Wars. Yeah. In the first star Wars was a very whiny childish yes. character. I hate his character. In that. But I was going to go into Tashi station to pick up some power, power converters. Yeah. Right. You know, he was very whiny. You know, what's that flashing? Yeah. <laughs> you know, uh, he, he was not, I mean, he ended up being a hero, but his character was, was very immature, very childish, very whiny. Right. In the next movie, he was starting to come into his own. Right. You know, he hadn't quite gotten there. He didn't quite have wisdom yet. Right. But uh, and he still very much had flaws. He was facing temptation and all of that kind of stuff, right? Right. But in Empire Strikes Back, he was starting to come into his own. He was starting to embrace the education of becoming a Jedi. Yep. But he still pushed back many times. You could see when he was training under Yoda, he would push back. Right. In Return of the Jedi, he became that wise Jedi. Yeah. He became the Obi-Wan Kenobi figure. Right. Um, and even then he still had a journey. Yeah. You know what I mean? So he wasn't that character from beginning to end. Right. He had to grow to become that character. And that's right. what made him so compelling as a character. Exactly. It's what made him so interesting and why anybody cared. Exactly. You know, <laughs> now compare that to uh, the next three movies. Uh, what was the character's name uh, in force awakens? What was her name? Oh, uh, Ray. 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 Now, can you can anybody describe to me at all how that character grew within any given movie she was in, right? Or throughout the entire trilogy, absolutely. From Force not. Awakens to Last Jedi to Rise of Skywalker, she did things. She was <laughs> the same character throughout right. the entire. Thing. Yeah, absolutely. Nothing about her changed. She didn't grow. She didn't learn. She was always teaching everybody else something, right? right. Like in in the Last Jedi, uh, she was uh, she was teaching Luke Skywalker really more than Luke Skywalker was teaching her, which right. made the entire training of her character useless. <laughs> right. 
And then uh, come to find out she's like a relative of Palpatine. And right. It was yeah. just, it was a joke. Yeah. So dumb. <laughs> she was, she was, her character was a Mary Sue. Yeah. She it really, really was. Yeah. And whether or not uh, the actress is a good actress, you don't know from those movies and that may or may not be her fault. Right. You know, I think mostly it was the writing of the character. That's the problem. She might actually yeah. be a good actress, but you wouldn't know it from that movie because that character itself was written as a Mary Sue and not as a character that grew. Right. The way in any way, like, I mean, the Luke Skywalker was so different from movie to movie, even from yeah. the beginning of one movie to the end of one movie. He was right. so different. Right. That's what made him so compelling same with all the other characters same exactly with princess leia. yeah princess leia in the first movie was a total brat right a total brat like right. just you know a self like a, a just a a, a self-important self-aggrandizing just kind of brat right who became a general exactly same with han solo's character han solo's character was a rogue a total uh a total asshole you know yep. who uh even within empire strikes back was still struggling with his own demons and struggling yep. with his own past uh, and trying to figure out how to square being a good guy with paying off his debts. Right. And then eventually beca also became a general in the third movie. Right. And also still had his character flaws. I mean, that's the thing. Like you can say all of these things about these characters. You can say nothing like that about Ray or about Brie Larson's character as captain Marvel, at least in Endgame. Yeah. 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 For sure. Which is a real shame right. if you are interested in if you're interested in seeing more compelling female characters. And I totally am. Yeah. I love rich and compelling female characters, even beyond the sex appeal. Now I'm not gonna right. pretend like the sex appeal has nothing to do with it. Exactly. Yeah. But I I do. I like, I mean, Ripley from Aliens, an yeah. incredible character. From movie right. to movie, she was different. Right. You know what I mean? In in the first movie, she, you know, of course, she was just getting introduced to the threat. Um, and, yep. you know, she was more just a company person who learned to not trust the company. In the second movie, she didn't trust the company anymore, nor did she trust the Marines or the military. Right. Uh, but she came, became more of a motherly figure. And in the third movie, it was a lot different. She was like, well, I, oh, I've lost everything. Now I'm just, you know, existing and trying to save the world beyond my uh, compulsion to care for another human being. I mean, again, yep. all these things you can say about a character that are so rich and so compelling that you just can't say about a Mary Sue. Exactly. And exactly. I think you can say the same thing about Scarlett Johansson's character as black widow very much grew in different ways throughout the series. I mean, yeah. she was very stone faced at first, right? You know, kind of cold character. Um, right. But in Endgame, I mean, she exactly was yeah. a completely different character. I mean, there was a lot of things that were still the same, you know, very similar. Sure. But she wasn't yeah. as stone-faced anymore. I mean, you right. saw her emotion. It was very exactly. raw. Exactly. This, this is good for storytelling. This is right. why we care right. exactly. about a character. Yeah. Um, so... Uh, I didn't, I, I guess I, like I said, I didn't expect to get so much into, <laughs> into uh, explaining or describing or discussing why uh, stories are so compelling or not compelling or why characters are so compelling, so compelling or not compelling. Um, but 
uh, again, that's why I love these discussions because it starts <laughs> off as one thing and it turns off into right? something else. And I just, I just love it. So, uh, anyway, I, I do want to get into the Victoria's Secret, but I'll pass uh, back on to you just to get your reaction to my total rant that I've just <laughs> gone on. <laughs> no, yeah, you you hit the nail on the head, man. Like, if there is no growth then there is no reason to watch the movie. This is why we love underdog stories so much. No, look at any movie genre, whether it, whether it is a rom-com or whether it's an action movie or whether it's anything. Underdog stories are some of the most popular movies in of all time. Look at the Rocky series. Every single time, Rocky's an underdog in some way, shape, or form. Even Hell, when he loses top, in the still, first movie. Right. And, yeah. and, so, and we still love it, even though he didn't exactly, win. exactly. It's and the conflict that mean, we like because he's growing in other areas of life, even when he's on top. And so, um, the, the a really great example of a female character growing, I thought, in more recent film was uh, Run Hide Fight. And, oh God, such a good movie! Yeah, and, and it was such the female character in that movie. If you haven't seen it, go watch it. The female oh. character in that movie is so compelling, and she's a kid. Yeah, and so <laughs> far from a Mary Sue. Yeah, right. So far removed from exactly. the Mary Sue type of character. Yeah, Exactly. And some of the best writing I've seen in film in mm-hmm. deca- over a decade. I mean, she was because- flawed. She had her weaknesses, yep. but she also had her strengths. And exactly. you saw them both uh, portrayed in the movie, which is what made it so incredible and made yeah. you wonder what was going to happen next. I mean, exactly. Yeah. yeah. And so, you know, that makes not only does it make the movie and the character seem more real, but it gives you a reason to keep watching the movie and to actually go back and rewatch that movie because you're you're then you go, well, you know, well, what did I miss the first time? You know, what did I miss? You know, the first five times I watched the movie, maybe I missed something else. Maybe I can get something else out of it. You know, it also makes it less predictable. You don't want to be able to predict that exactly. even if you want the, the hero to win in the end, sure. you don't want to be able to predict that the hero will win in the end. Cause right. who cares that? Right. Then there's nothing at stake. Exactly. Exactly. And, and that's, that's, that's part of the great, the, the, that's the great part of movies is it, if you have good writers is that whole thing of, of being able to walk through this movie and in the shoes of a character and being able to be with them as they grow along their journey or whatever mm-hmm. it is. And so, yeah. yeah, I mean, like I said, you hit the nail around the head with that. So, well, and we only have so much time because we've already been talking for like 45 <laughs> minutes about, about, about more than I expected to. Um, but I do want to point out that the, this other story where Victoria's Secret is no longer using its supermodels. You're right. Um, so, oh, so they're man, trying to is, bankrupt their own country or their own company. <laughs> uh, yeah, I guess so. So this is from uh, Independent Chronicle. Uh, Victoria's Secret announced that it will be doing away with its supermodels and instead using women famous for their achievements, including U.S. women's soccer player and activist Megan Rapinoe to showcase their underwear. Uh, I don't know who wants to see Megan Rapinoe in her underwear. <laughs> um, I mean, bleh, okay. I mean, I'm sure there's plenty of women out there. Yeah, but uh, I mean, wi- uh, uh, whatever. Okay. Yeah. I mean, lesbians are attracted to women, right? 
like right. feminine femininity. You know, well, it depends uh, on what side of lesbianism you're on, too. I guess. You ever, <laughs> you ever hear uh, Milo Yevanopoulos talk about how there's no such thing as a lesbian? <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> I I can't help but think that. I mean, I understand. Like, okay, people have their uh, their attractions, and people have you know. Yeah. But it's just so often that when you see lesbianism, it's like really just masculine females right which makes you wonder why they're lesbians in the first place if you like masculinity just go for men (laughs) Uh, it's like when i see that i can't help but think of his argument that and and i don't think he really believes that it's just his his troll yeah his his, he's an epic troll he always has been exactly Uh, and that's that's what he likes to do is he likes to troll people so he'll say that there's no such thing as a lesbian which (laughs) you know because of these kind of stereotypes that happen where you see these you know butch females that are like Okay, well, then if you're going to be butch, then you might as well just and you're going to be attracted to butch females as a lesbian. You might as well just be straight. But whatever. (laughs) Anyway, as you say, uh, Victoria's Secret very much has sold and marketed itself on sex appeal. Absolutely. That is the main market. Yeah. And to the credit of the women who model. Um, I don't want to just, you know, kiss their ass, you know, well, I kind of do, but you know, I, (laughs) but they put in a lot of work. Oh, sure. You know, they're, this is their career. Right. And you, you have to maintain a figure. Um, there is, it's, it's not like it's, I mean, even if you're an attractive female, an objectively attractive female, you can't just be a Victoria's secret model or even just be a model. Right. You know what I mean, exactly. there's, there's, there's things you've got to do. So it's not like there's no yes. skill whatsoever in right. being a model. Um, I, I, people like to, uh, to, uh, dog on models because it just seems like they're just capitalizing off of something that they, uh, didn't have any control over. And to some degree, I understand that. Sure. You know what I mean? You, you can't help what you're born with and capitalizing on that kind of seems cheap and lazy, but I don't think it is. No. I don't it's, think it I, it's is. intelligent. <laughs> well, yeah, you, well that, but you're also, um, when you're, when you're, when you're capitalizing, you still have to actually put in the work for sure. Cause, cause yeah. there are, there are millions of attractive females in the world. You can't hire them all. Right. So somebody has to stand out. So at some point it has to be more than just your looks, right? It has to be what you're willing to do yep. to put in the work. Right. And, I mean, who knows? Maybe there's uh, casting couches and all that kind of stuff. I understand that too. Right. But, but it, it at least has to be more than just your looks. Now, if right. we're going to start shifting that to people who are famous for their achievements, well, then here's the thing. Why can't you just be famous for your achievement? Right. If you are a really good soccer player, then doesn't it cheapen your image to decide to model underwear? Right. Yeah. When you never put in any work to become an underwear model anyway, like the, the way that some of these Victoria's Secret models did. Sure. It kind of reminds me too of the uh, uh, of the grid girls that they fired after years of putting in the work. Uh-huh. Um, 
There's actually a great video about it by, uh, you remember that, right? The grid girls from formula, I think it's formula one, right? Yeah. They're, yeah. It's, it's basically, and, and the same thing with the models who'd walk with the, um, the big fat dark players, <laughs> <laughs> you know, yeah. you gotta have some, and, and again, it's, and there's a, there's a guy named Dr. Random McCann, one of my favorite YouTubers who yeah. does, a, uh, have you ever heard of him? Yeah. Oh, he's so funny. Yeah. He's, he's great. like, He's ridiculous, but he's so Dr. Rander McCam, if y'all get a chance, go check him out. He's very much into men's rights activism and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. He's, he's very, he's very ridiculous and entertaining and uh, foul, but I right. love him. he's so great. Uh, but anyway, he did a really good video where he talked about this, where they got rid of the grid girls. And he was talking about how, you know, it's not just that they're attractive. They actually have to have a personality, right? If you are dull and boring and don't smile and exactly. don't know how to engage with people and and I mean there's there's more to attraction with these models and with these grid girls than just their attractiveness. Right. It's their personalities, it's their ability to entertain and get people engaged. And you could be hot as a fever and have zero engagement. Look at here's a great example. Look at Mariah Carey. Right. Hot as a fever. Yeah. But if you've ever seen her on stage, look at how much they have to do in the background <laughs> to make her entertaining. Yeah. Because she has no, no stage presence whatsoever. Right. Exactly. None. Incredible singer, incredibly attractive, no stage presence right. whatsoever. So they have to do all kinds of stuff to the stage and with her background dancers and all that kind of stuff to make her look more entertaining because otherwise She's just boring. Right. She's just boring. Right. So anyway, all that to say, um, I, 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 I'm not looking forward to the next swimsuit model or swimsuit edition of, or whatever it is. The, uh, the next the Victoria's secret secret. Pamp- I guess I don't get them the show that they do it. every year. Yeah. They do a show. Uh, see, I don't even pay attention. I, uh, the only, I don't the only either, ever, but honestly, I just know that it happens. I, the only time I ever, I ever really even noticed Victoria's secret is at the few occasions that I go to the mall and I walk by the store and I'm like, Oh, Hey, look, you know, right. Chick's chesty, you know, right. I like a good, I like a chesty chick, right. but uh, other than that, <laughs> yeah. I mean, honestly, like I just, uh, whatever, um, you know, uh, but, and I, you know, it's not like anything comes in the mail for me. I'm not buying right. lingerie. <laughs> so, but <laughs> But even still, I, you know, I, I don't know how you expect to, to improve your sales. And this is, yeah, I guess this if is you're just it. trying to be, yeah, if you're trying to be socially conscious, great. But I mean, you still have to run a business. Right. And I don't know who is interested in looking at <laughs> Megan Rapinoe in her underwear. <laughs> <laughs> well, and see, this is the thing, too. So Victoria's Secret is trying to pass this off as, Oh, well, we're being so progressive. We're being so forward thinking. We're being so women's rights and and women activism for women and all this other kind of stuff. Okay, fine. Be that what call it, what you, whatever you want, but look who's mentioned in these, uh, as this new V Victoria's secret collective, which is now what they're going to be called instead of the angels, uh, Valentino. What's that? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, sounds like communism to me. Right, (laughs) right. Uh, So the group includes Brazilian trans model. So this isn't even a woman. Um, (laughs) Valentino 
Sam Piao, Payao, or whatever. Um, so this is an, an actual male to female transgender. Uh, a 17-year-old Chinese American skier, Eileen Gu, uh, inclusive inclusivity advocate, Paloma Elsasor. Is and that he, her title? What are you going to be when you grow up? Right. Be yeah. An inclusivity advocate. Right. <laughs> <laughs> a hey. professional useless person would have been a right. better title honestly yeah um, i'm gonna be an underwater <laughs> basket weaver <laughs> right indian actress priyanka chopra jonas who most people know from uh quantico on tv and then south sudanese refugee adut akek and america or amanda de cadenet i butchered the names okay as well as megan rapino but i looked up each one of these people let it be known that none of these people be just apart from not being a supermodel but they don't really look that different from the actual angels they are all very thin they are all you know they're they're it's not like they're hiring plus size models here it's not like you know they're gonna they're trying to represent quote-unquote normal people look at these people these are athletes actresses public figures guess what? They all have to uphold a physical standard as well. Otherwise they can lose their position in the public eye because again, it all goes back to sex sells and it all goes back to, you have to be somewhat relatably attractive to some segment of society. You know, Megan Rapinoe may not well, be that's, attractive that's until to Victoria's, most, That's that? until Victoria's secret decides they want to uh, engage in fat advocacy. I mean, body positivity, right? right. Yeah. Well, yeah, I mean, and that's that would be the next step, I, I think. And at that point, you can you can expect to see the Tess Holidays of the world getting involved. Right. And, and so, yeah, like... And then somebody else can just go, okay, well, Victoria's Secret has given up on this market. It's time for us to uh, take its place as the uh, hot chick underwear uh, of the world. You know what right. I mean? <laughs> well, and that's Which, the thing. All right. There were, there were underwear, female underwear companies that literally gained ground and gained market share by being anti Victoria's secret. And it mm. wasn't because of the angels or whatever else per se more so. And this is the common thing that I've heard from, you know, just personally in my personal life from women complaining about Victoria's secret, it wasn't the angels. It was the fact that their clothes don't fit right. And the fit is completely off. And the fit is made for a, particular body type and mm -hmm. it wasn't theirs and so they're like well why would i spend all this money at victoria's secret when it, the clothes don't even fit me right like they should yeah which is completely logical and rational and so when victoria's secret tries to go this route of oh well we're gonna be activists and whatever else and you still don't change your clothes guess what? You're still not going to get back the market share that you've lost over the years. <laughs> You're just going to keep losing. <laughs> yeah, perhaps. I don't know. I mean, uh, they will. Once they you, will. I guarantee you. Yeah, but put, I would put once, money on it. No, I understand that. But here's, here's the thing. Once you get big enough, um, a lot of these corporations, and I think I've talked about this before, a lot of these corporations just don't care right. about the quality of their product. Well, that's absolutely or, true. Or their product at all. And right. they don't even care about their market share or their, or their bottom line because dollars don't always translate to power. True. But he, but the thing of it is they are now drop. They've dropped down to one fifth 
of the market share in women's underwear. Maybe that's maybe huge. That's a but huge the, drop. But from the Victoria's Secret be. brand is always going to be valuable value until right? it's not it's, because until they have to sell the, the company until it goes bankrupt. Well, maybe. Okay. But I, I think I, all, all I'm saying is that, uh, well, this is part of the problem with a corporation anyway, right? Yeah. Yeah. A corporation, uh, is, is, uh, treated like a person. Sure. But it's not a person, right? It's a group of people with different agendas, right? Whose goals are, uh, to benefit themselves and not necessarily the company for sure, which is why I put more faith in companies where the company is, uh, the name of the person and the person is the company. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, I, 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 I have more, I have more faith in that arrangement than I do in a corporation. That's, again, this, this is probably a much bigger conversation than we can get into <laughs> right now. And we've kind of talked about it before. Um, but that's the problem with corporations is that uh, it's 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 really just about serving the agenda of the people involved. Yeah, that could be the executives or whatever, and uh, they're only going to be aligned with the corporation for as long as it makes sense. Right, and they will sell that corporation and that business down the river. Oh, for sure. As soon as they have uh, uh, the opportunity to do so for their own benefit. Yeah. Whereas in a smaller organization. You can't really do that, right? You can't sell your own company down river because you are your company. Sure. So that's, I'm just, I'm just pointing out that that's the problem with, and, and Victoria's secret doesn't care about its bottom line. They do because it's not the, because of Victoria's secret as a person doesn't exist. Not as a person, the people, but, but there yeah, are people. The people who, get who run the organization, they care, they care as long as it matters. And when it doesn't matter anymore, they won't care either. So Victoria's Secret may cease to exist. It'll just become a means to an end. And that's my point, is that it may seem foolish for Victoria's Secret to make these moves for the sake of Victoria's Secret. But you got to remember that Victoria's Secret as a person doesn't exist. Right, but Victoria's Secret as shareholders do, <laughs> and right. those shareholders yeah. expect a return yeah. on their. And you investment. have a fiduciary responsibility to your shareholders for sure. Yeah. I understand that. Yeah. Uh, but also take a look at some of the decisions that a lot of these, the woke decisions that a lot of these companies have made. And yeah. What lawsuits have they faced as a result from their shareholders? Little well, to none. Well, yeah, but that that's because it depends on the disbursement schedule and all that kind of stuff too, which gets into. All kinds well, of it gets stuff. into a lot but, of technicalities, but yeah. if you're going to make woke decisions and somebody's going to sue you for a woke decision, it's really hard to sue for a woke decision. Well, yeah, th they won't get sued for the decision, but when <laughs> when you but drive the company right to, to bankruptcy, that's yeah. when you get sued. <laughs> but if it's the woke decision that drives your company to bankruptcy, how do you sue that person for that woke decision when that woke decision is very much culturally accepted anymore? Right, but it. This is a, yeah. Sorry, much yeah. bigger. With, uh, yeah. right, we're gonna have to we're gonna have to table this because we're really getting into the weeds on some details here. That, uh, and we could go for another hour. Or so oh, honestly, yeah. on just that, uh, and I'm not I'm not honestly prepared for that conversation. But it's just no. But 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 it is worth keeping in mind that yeah. uh, that 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 corporations function very different from a standard business for sure. Um, it when 
a uh, when a sole proprietor makes a foolish decision on behalf of their company, that person is affected very differently from the executive in a corporation who would make the exact same decision on behalf yep. of that corporation. Yep. And that is that is the real point I'm trying to make. Yeah. Is that the the consequences are very very different for sure when for sure. you are the sole proprietor in other words you are the company as opposed to just being a decision maker within a company who can just get another job right and who cares what happens to that company or the people who are the shareholders of that company and you can't be sued yeah as a sole proprietor you can be sued oh yeah for the decisions of your company for oh, the yeah. decisions you make on behalf of your company as a, an executive in a corporation or a board member in a corporation, you individually cannot. Right. Which is why you don't set up a sole proprietorship. The corporate. <laughs> What's that? I said, that's why you don't set up a sole proprietorship. <laughs> right. But I mean, I'm just pointing out that. That's yeah, no, the I get it. That, so, so when these, when these companies like Victoria's secret make decisions that seem stupid and are stupid as it relates to the business itself, yeah, it almost doesn't matter. They're not going to be held accountable for it. Well, I mean, those individuals are not going to be held accountable by the shareholders. Well, they they can be if the shareholders vote them out of executive positions. Yeah, that's not the same as flat out suing. Well, no, it, it's definitely right. not like a legal <laughs> right. Re repercussion. Right. That's my point. Compared yeah. to a sole proprietor, where you can sue the person. Right. Right. That's my point. Yeah. Yeah. So. It's just a different arrangement. It's worth keeping in mind. So for sure, much bigger conversation though. This was supposed <laughs> to be mostly about uh, sexuality and media, and I think we covered that to a good degree, as well as the dynamics yeah. between men and women and all that. And and we somehow ended up in fiduciary Business. responsibility. <laughs> Isn't it weird how you can go from one to the next? <laughs> I love it. <laughs> so. Anyway, you never know what uh, to expect here on Cancelled Out. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I don't know what to expect. No. Right. <laughs> That's what makes it fun. If I knew what to expect, I would be, probably wouldn't do this anymore. Uh, exactly. Yeah, it'd be boring. Though. So it would be boring. But thanks for listening, guys. Appreciate it. And uh, we will uh, talk to you on the next one. Peace. If you enjoyed this episode, don't forget to subscribe. If you want to help spread the word, please give us a five-star review and tell your friends to subscribe too. We're available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Anchor, and every other major podcast platform, including YouTube. Thanks for listening. Be sure to come back tomorrow for a brand new Canceled Conversation. Follow us on Facebook and Instagram. If you'd like to be a part of the show, reach out to us at cancelledoutpodcast at gmail.com. Canceled Out is produced, directed, edited, and mixed by Scott and Max. All sourcing information can be found in our show notes at chronicles.org or in the link in the episode description on our site, canceledout.com. Canceled Out is a Scott and Max production, copyright 2021.